People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Fine Music Radio, Rodney Trudgeon, welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. Now, my guest this week is Dr. Matozzi Mukozi, who is the current Chief Executive Officer of Tigerberg Hospital. He's the former CEO of the Red Cross War Memorial Children's Hospital, a position he held for seven years before going back to Tigerberg Hospital. He started his healthcare management career in 2008 as one of the medical superintendents at Tigerberg Hospital. Dr. Mukozi holds a number of degrees, a medical degree, postgraduate diploma in health management, and a master's in business management and administration. Also importantly, Dr. Mukozi is a pastor of Jesus the Savior Church, and he's also a registered marriage officer in the Republic of South Africa, and he's authored two books, which we're going to hear about in time. So, Dr. Mukozi, it's good to have you here, and thank you for coming, and I know you're a busy man. Rodney, thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to finding out all about your job, and I think I'm going to ask you a naive question first. What does a chief executive officer of a hospital do? What is your, is it primarily administrative? Okay, so let me make it in simple terms. Yes, right, I understand. <laughs> so in simple layman's language, think of a principal in a school. Yes. Because people usually understand that. So it's almost like uh, somebody who then runs the administration and management of the institution and also making sure that your role is not only inwardly focused to support the people that you work with or to help them with admin and management and that, but you also then have a role to the outside stakeholders. How do you engage them with outside stakeholders? So my role actually as the CEO of the Tigerberg uh, Hospital doesn't only evolve around what happens at Tigerberg. It's about what happens at Tigerberg within the bigger health fraternity. So as my position as the CEO, I'm actually also part of the top management of the Western Cape Department of Health because then we then have to translate policies into the operations on the ground. Okay. And am I right in saying that Tigerberg Hospital is one of the biggest hospitals around, certainly in the Cape? Yes, so actually is the second largest in the whole of sub-Saharan Africa. Oh, really? Gosh. So for the Western Cape, then obviously is the biggest hospital mm-hmm. with uh, 1,384 beds. So well, that's that a massive big. institution. And then presumably a massive staff as well, if you've got that Massive many beds. staff. Our staff complement is around 4,700, so close to 5,000 staff. Actually, the 4,700, those are the staff that we call staff on PESAL. But we also have additional staff, for example, people who come just for sessions or people who help us here and there for certain hours and all that. I'm not including those. So actually, okay. if you look at that and our annual budget, it's over 3.3 billion, which actually is billion. a big, yes, <laughs> over 3.3 billion. So it's actually a massive institution with a lot of staff, but also with a lot of responsibility and many things that we've got to do. And therefore, you need a bigger team 
to manage such a massive operation. And that's what you've got, presumably. I mean, you are the kingpin, you're the CEO, but presumably you have quite a core team working for you to control the various departments and so on. Exactly. So my role, basically, it's almost like a orchestra conductor who says, (laughs) I've got all this team of all these people with various responsibilities and roles, but how do we then produce a fine music out of all this diverse skills of people and all that. So we've got good team of managers. I've got, for example, Adam the director of clinical services, who's a person who runs all the operations regarding clinical services. I've got the head of nursing, who then all the nurses and nursing issues then report to that person. Then I've got also a head of corporate services, who then will be responsible for corporate services. Within corporate services, we've got engineering, regarding infrastructure then we've got issues about hr human resource issues then we've got finance and supply chain so all those things each of them have got their component heads and then those heads then would report to me so then again the other issue is that on the clinical services because tiger Bay hospital is also an academic or a teaching hospital so it means we've got a very strong uh, relationship with the universities. So yeah. our, the university that we work closely with is mainly the University of Stellenbosch, so the Faculty of Health Sciences, University of Stellenbosch, but other universities also within our vicinity we work with. Does Tigerberg um, specialize in anything or is it a completely a general hospital? So we actually render what we call tertiary and quaternary services. So it's highly specialized services. We've got specialized services. For example, you could say somebody maybe specializes in uh, maternal health, obstetrics and gynecology, whether somebody specializes in pediatrics, which is children, or somebody specializes, maybe it's a, it's a physician who specializes in internal medicine. But within that, then a person can specialize after specializing. So we call them <laughs> subspecialists, like somebody would then be a specialist just for the heart. Yes. For example, then you say this guy is a cardiologist. So it means he first trained as a doctor. After then he trained as a specialist physician, which means now you are a, a, a specialist doctor. Then on top of that, you say, I actually now want just to focus on this. So we've got all that variety at Tiger Bay Hospital. Mm-hmm. So actually you've got, I mean, even in terms of training, you would start with intense doctors who have just finished. So we've got those because we closely linked even with the faculty universities and training. Yeah, yeah. Then you would have other people who are working there as medical officers, which we call general uh, practitioners. Then you've got specialists in their field, we are, uh, general specialists. And above that, we also still have what we call subspecialists <laughs> or <laughs> specialists above the specialist. It must be a massive operation. And is the hospital quite busy? Yes, the hospital is quite busy. And uh, we actually, even our trauma center, and we've got many things that keep us very busy. The challenge with that is that you've got all these competing needs. <laughs> a lot, I mean, any patient need, especially as Tiger Bay Hospital, because we're not focused just on maybe a particular thing. We don't only do children, for example, because if I just talk children only, our child services, we've got over 300 beds just for children. <laughs> so yeah. when oh you goodness. say, then you could have had actually a separate children's hospital, but then all that all those operations are happening in there. So you would have that, then you would have, for example, the imaging services, it's a department on its own, where it's like uh, your x-rays, your CT scans, your MRIs. So all these different uh, units, you've got surgical units, you've got theaters. So we've got 
more than 30 theaters. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, it's a huge, yeah. sounds like a massive place. Exactly. Let's have your first piece of music, Dr. Mukosi. What, what are you going to share with us as your first piece of music? Uh, my first piece of music is a song called You Are the Pillar That Holds My Life, which uh, to me it speaks a lot to saying in our own lives, if we don't have something that we're depending on, we will struggle in life. So that's why I like this song, because then even with my busy schedule, my busy work, then I know how to, to, to in other words, where do I get my strength? Where do I get my wisdom? Because sometimes we do things on our own and we think we can manage it. Yes. Right. Okay, let's listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We are paid. Hallelujah. We believe now and you are going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Tepang, my daughter, come. Give her a hand of praise as she come. Welcome, Tepang. Hey. Hey. Hello.
a song there called You Are the Pillar That Holds My Life. And it was the first choice of my guest on People of Note here on Fine Music Radio this week, Dr. Matsutsi Mukuzi, who is the current Chief Executive Officer of Tigerberg Hospital. And we've been talking about this vast operation that you have. And one of the other things I, I wanted to say was when you were appointed from the Children's Red Cross Hospital, the Red Cross War Memorial were there a whole lot of things that you felt you had to change, or was it an up-and-running place with a, a good reputation? So maybe just so that I reflect back, then I can link my work at Red Cross and the work that needs to be done there. So if you know about Red Cross, there's a lot of good things happening there, good reputation and all very, that. Very, very good. So we yeah. were running all those good things. and that. So when the position at Tigerberg became vacant, for me, it was a question, do I remain where I am with the comfort that I've got, or do I think I can still make a difference also in another place? And my heart has always been at Tigerberg because I worked at Tigerberg. Before I went to Red Cross, I actually worked at Tigerberg Hospital for seven years as one of the medical managers there, whom we used to be called superintendents mm-hmm. in those days. So then I went to Red Cross. We did a good job there and all that, but... I then still felt there's some unfinished business that I need to go back to Tigerberg and we we, we work together. So there's a lot of things that are happening at Tigerberg, but not all people know what we are doing. And you find that the few things that are not going well, that's what sometimes make news headlines. That always makes people talk about that. So one of the issues for me was to say when I go there, Let's start being proactive and start sharing with the people what we are doing. Mm. Let's start telling people who we are so that then people don't have perceptions and define us about what they heard from somebody. Let them hear from us. We acknowledge that there are things that we still need to improve on. So when I went there, I said I've just two things that I need to do. One was the issue about the organizational culture of the organization. Just because if you can get the people feel that they are valued, they are supported, they are part of this, you can do anything as long as people are behind you. So that was one thing for me. The second thing was the brand and reputation of Tigerberg Hospital. So that when one somebody mentioned the name Tigerberg Hospital out there, what should go through their mind? So I said then, within that, if I can achieve those two things, because all the other ingredients are there, We've got highly specialized, highly skilled doctors there, professors. And like I've indicated to you, since we are an academic uh, center, so we've got highly skilled professors, highly skilled nurses, all the specialties that you need. But I think the issue is more about how then do we get people to really work at their best and support them so that even then what we do out there, people would then know Tiger Bay Gospel for the excellent health service that we provide, excellent academic teaching and training that we provide. But that you can only get that if you walk along with the people, if you mobilize the people and people then understand your vision. So when I took over there in February, I had an engagement with all staff. We call it a town hall meeting where you invite all staff and then share with them my vision, which ultimately then is also the vision of the management team that I work with. Then everybody knows this is what we are here for. I even told them, guys, the things that people talk about Tiger Bay Hospital today, some of it is historical. So our forebearers have defined what they think Tiger Bay Hospital should be like, but we are here today. We can define the Tiger Bay Hospital that we want to see, that we can all be proud of. So you've been there since February. Um, no, I was there since December. 
Oh, last year, last year, December yeah. last year. So it's just that then the February was when I was sharing when I called this oh, town. Oh, when you called the meeting, share my yeah. Mission, yeah. And do you feel uh, it's nearly a year now that you've been there? Do you yeah. feel that your wishes have come true? Or are you so still working far, hard at them? We are working hard, but the good thing is that people on the ground are already starting to experience the difference. So we just had another town hall meeting about three, four weeks ago, mm. where again we call all the staff and just share with them. You can already see the willingness of people and people are feeling, okay, we are in this with you. We are in this with you. Because one of the things that I said to them, I said, guys, this is not about somebody out there who will come and bring a change you. We are here. So there is a, a phrase called, we are the people we have been waiting for. So in many places you would find people expect other people from outside to come and change their situation. But I'm saying to our staff, to the people, the guys, we are the people. We are the people yeah. who should do something. And I even gave them an example of a puzzle. When you are playing pieces of puzzle, even a small piece that you might think is insignificant, if that piece is missing, then you don't have a complete puzzle. Absolutely. So I was saying to them, it means all the workers, all of us who are at Tiger Bank, irrespective of your rank, you've got an important role to play. And together, then we form this complete whole. So then the morale goes up, doesn't it? The staff exactly. morale exactly. Then stays up because they know they're working towards the same end, towards the same project. Exactly. That's very much encouraging. And actually, that unfortunately, it coincided well with what the provincial department has decided to do for us and also the national government. So provincially, they have given us money to refurbish the current hospital, because wow. I think some of the places in the hospital were not looking good anymore, getting debilitated and all that. But now it's looking good. So there are many activities now where even we are refurbishing some of our units, but there's also a plan to build a new Tiger Bay Hospital, which would be a regional hospital in the Belhar area. And then we will also still have the central hospital that will remain in the current footprint. So there are many things that are happening at the same time all of which would make people to feel excited and look forward with optimism. <laughs> so you must be feeling rather excited as well and optimistic because your plans are coming together. I'm also very much encouraged with that. So actually the other time I was just laughing with people, I said sometimes when things work well and you just somehow things go well when you are there, people think it's all about you when actually it was just the grace that you find yourself at the right place at the right time. That's right, why I right. also believe that the Lord's hand is usually in what we do. It's when he's directing your paths, he sometimes makes you look better than you are. <laughs> you uh, what is your next choice of music? What are you going to share with us next, number two? My next choice of music, it's a song called Ngia Kutanda Moyo Inwele by Benjamin Dube. It's a song that says, I appreciate you, Holy Spirit. I love you. I acknowledge you in my life. So because it's more about, Lord, lead me, guide me. In some of the things as a human, I may not know what to do. You know the future. You know what I need to do. I appreciate you in my life.
his choice there, his second choice of music. He's my guest on People of Note this week. I want you just to tell us what the name of that was, because I don't think I'll pronounce it correctly. I said, which means I love you, Holy Spirit. It's a song by Benjamin Dube, Pastor Benjamin Dube. It means I acknowledge you, I appreciate you in my life, because I feel that I need the guidance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life in what I do. Now, my guest, Dr. Mukosi, is the current chief executive officer of Tigerberg Hospital, as you've been hearing. But I also said at the beginning, he is a pastor of the Jesus, the Savior Church. And from what you've been saying and from what I hear, faith and belief is very, very important to you in all aspects of your life. Very much so, Rodney. So for me, I actually just say that if it were not for the Lord... I wouldn't be where I am. And also for the things that we need to do. I believe that even leaders, the leaders that we have today, I believe they should have certain form of faith. They should have a way of, because even the, the corruption and all immorality that we see, it's usually because people don't have a conscience. But if at least then you know you've got a relationship with the Lord, then that at least guides your life and lead you. So one of my issues that I've written on my email when I sent through, I quote these words from Solomon where he says, Lord, give me wisdom and understanding to lead these your people. So I believe that as leaders, we need to acknowledge that we can't do that on our own. Right, absolutely. Now, have you always been a man of faith and belief since you were a young boy because you trained as a pastor didn't you alongside medicine so what happened is that before i went to the university that's the time when i had uh, i had an encounter with the lord jesus then i went to the medical school then after finishing i wanted to specialize surprisingly in pediatrics and children child health so i didn't go that way then i went back to private practice then when i was in private practice then i trained um, in the pastoral side with all the training, the, the ministerial training. And then uh, when we then relocated to Cape Town, because I was still in Limpopo at that time, and when we relocated to Cape Town, then I had to then have uh, this, the church on one side, 
There's also the, the, the work that I do in healthcare management. So your life is actually quite busy because I presume your healthcare management, as you describe it, is very, very time consuming, but exactly. also thought, prayer, preparation for services is also very thought provoking and time consuming. Yeah. You're actually right. So the good thing with that is that you would find that the let's take my spiritual side of it. Instead of it being time consuming, it's actually a refreshing moment because the problem I think with some of the leaders is we just go all the way and it's only with your mind or with your brain, then you don't have time to refuel. So for me, I actually see that spiritual side of it almost as a refueling moment. So it actually refreshes me. It's almost like when I'm studying the Word of God, when I'm studying the Bible, or when I'm praying, I don't see it as a burden because I find this is actually what's even uplifting me more. Sometimes you find maybe you are struggling with a particular problem or a challenge, whether it's in a work situation or whatever, and then all of a sudden, then you pray about this and then you start realizing, oh, actually, this thing is not as difficult as I thought. And that's why I'm saying what, when, when uh, Solomon says, Lord, give me wisdom to lead this your people. It's wisdom. about what you need. It's such an important yeah. word. Yeah. And this church, Jesus the Savior, is that a church that you formed? What, what yes, sort of denomination yes. is Jesus it? Jesus the Savior Church is a Pentecostal church, or we are also called Charismatics. So we believe that in being born again, in other words, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior Church. This church was established, uh, the Lord used me to be the person who established this church about in around 2004. So, and then we've been going for quite some time. So we, when we started, we were based at Milnerton only. After that, then we had a branch in Atlantis. After that, we had a branch in Cales River. So the work growing like that. But basically then it's the church that I could say the Lord used me to be part of establishing. That. And have you got a good big congregation? Yes, we are growing and then now with COVID and that, so we have decided actually to move mainly to the Kells River side and all of us there and then have different services. But we've also acquired the land where we're going to build because uh, for all these years we've been uh, renting in many different places, so we feel it's time to have a house of our own. Right. And your wife is also a form of a pastor, isn't yes, she? Yes. My wife is actually a full-time pastor. She's ordained as a minister of the gospel. She actually has got a degree in theology, so she's full-time in oh, the okay. ministry. Okay. So maybe that's also what makes a, my work a little bit simpler. So <laughs> she can help you a lot. So she can do a lot of those. Yeah. And also because, I mean, day-to-day -day people have got issues and you need to counsel people, you need to do... So she's mainly full-time with that. Oh, okay. So Because that's what I was going to ask yeah. you. Uh, a minister has to deal with his flock Exactly. And help them therapy, yeah. consult them, console exactly. them, all sorts of things. Exactly. Bury them, marry them. Exactly. So for me, for example, you would find that most of the work that I do with congregants would usually be after hours yes. or weekends. Yes. So even, for example, as a registered marriage officer, it means I can solemnize marriages. But usually then, we usually do that over weekends, yeah, Saturday sure. or Sunday. And also the preaching for me is mainly Sundays. So somehow during the week, I still find time to still do my secular job, which is being the CEO. But of course, it's not sustainable. I can't continue like that for years. So in my mind, I've set up a certain time when I would have to go full time into the ministry. Oh, really? That's what you want to do ultimately? Uh, ultimately. That's uh, where my heart is. <laughs>
That's where your heart is. We'll yeah. come back to that in a moment, but I think we're going to have your third piece of music now. What you've got for us next? My third piece of music is a song called You Deserve It uh, by J.J. Uh, Heston. You deserve it meaning, Lord, you deserve my praises. So in essence, when I praise God, when I worship God, it's because he deserves it. He's, 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 he's worthy of yeah, our praises. Yeah, yeah. So it's more like, unlike where we mainly only think about what God will do for me, we should also say, Lord, have my praises. Receive my praise. Oh, 
hands together one time. My hallelujah belongs to you. A song they called You Deserve It. Who is performing there, Dr. Mukuzi? It's J.J. Heston, and I just like it because then that's the time when you say, Lord, I know you've done many things for me, but this is my time to come back to you and say, you deserve all my praises. My guest on People of Note this week here on Fine Music Radio is Dr. Matotsi Mukosi, who is the current chief executive officer of Tigerberg Hospital. And apparently, well, we said you were at uh, the Red Cross War Memorial Children's Hospital for something like seven years. Correct. What made you want to become involved in healthcare in that sort of administrative managerial way? Because you are a, a fully trained doctor and you said you were a GP. Did you just feel you could give more as one of these uh, CEOs? Correct. So what happened is that around from the year around the year 2000, my heart started moving more and more to health management and I felt that if I go into health management then I would also have maybe bigger influence and maybe uh, I just preferred now to go into administration so around 2006 then I started my training in terms of the health uh, care management uh, training and then that's when then I got a post as uh, one of the medical superintendents at Tiger Bank and then from there, around 2010, then I also went further to do my MBA, just to equip me more as a manager now. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying that. So from Tigerbeck, the seven years, actually it was seven years at Tigerbeck, 2006 to 2013. Then seven years at ah, Red Cross, okay. 2013 to 2020. And then here I am today. And then I wonder where you go from here. But let's not go there at the moment because you said your heart might be more in the pastoral side. Um, Do you not miss the general practitioner medical work? Do you not miss that? Not at all. Actually, I feel it's more better in the position that I'm at because most of the things that I would have been worried about when I was just a medical practitioner where maybe the issues of resource constraints, you feel you want to do this, but you just feel your hands are tied. So I think at the position that I'm at now, where I also have got responsibility in managing resources, in coming with innovative ways of doing things, even engaging with the very same doctors, because when you go there, you see with them, what else can we do? How can we do things differently? And I feel my role now supporting those on the front line. I feel I'm making more bigger impact than I would have been doing if I was just focusing only just as a doctor myself. And with the, I have to ask you about the COVID thing. Have you yeah. really had to battle with that as well at Tigerberg? That was the biggest challenge for mm-hmm. the healthcare system globally. Yes, so I think course. as you know. So at Tigerberg Hospital, uh, surprisingly, the the first case that came, it was at Tigerberg Hospital. And actually, when we started, at Tigerberg Hospital we were like the designated covid hospital oh really and because people didn't know that it would spread so so much <laughs> that yes. everybody ultimately would have to be involved with covid so it's almost like the past 18 months or so close to two years now the focus has been largely on covid mm-hmm. and surprisingly because that meant we had to add additional resources to try and cope with the load but even with that that was not enough so we had to now start de-escalating some of the essential services delay some of the operations that maybe should have uh, been undertaken delay some of the services that we felt maybe they are not emergencies they can wait a bit so covid on its own has also had a massive impact 
on the healthcare system, not only in terms of stretching us to the limit, but also there are many cases now, we've got a lot of backlogs now, that when we feel now that uh, the, the, the levels of COVID have come down, we've got a lot of backlogs to pick up in mm. the s- surgical side, all the operations that have been ignored for some years and all that. Now we've got to pick up that. That's yeah. why we're actually even looking forward and say, may the fourth wave not come. But there's already a talk now <laughs> that the fourth that. wave is on its way. And yeah. So your whole year at Tigerberg has pretty well been dominated by having to deal with this COVID problem. Exactly. So actually what ended up happening is we developed what we call whole of hospital response, where you find that doctors in other units were also asked, can you pause what you do a bit and come here? It's all hands on deck. Mm. Come here and let's <laughs> deal with this COVID issue, all of us. Gosh. So it was really a very uh, distressing moment. And more than that, we've also lost some of our staff to COVID, which is I'm even sure. more tragic. Mm. And we actually took time provincially, as I indicated to you, that I'm also part of the top executive of the Department of Health, Western Cape, where we then we say we need to have an intentional moment to grieve because usually you don't even have time to grieve. Mm. You are just so busy helping other people. But emotionally, we are drained. We are also affected. We've lost colleagues. We've lost loved ones. So we are humans like anybody else. And so that's why it's necessary also to have time just to grieve. That's why they say one of the um, big problems, uh, residual problems of this whole COVID thing is mental stress, depression, people suffering badly from depression and needing therapy and needing time to grieve. And they're not being given time to grieve. Exactly. And it's even more challenging when you are actually in the medical field because Mm, people think you are the one who should be helping others. You see? see? (laughs) So it's very difficult now to say the person was supposed to help us now is the one that we should help. So that's why then we've really realized there's really no stigma around mental health. If a person has got an issue and they need to be helped, you are a person first before you are a doctor. So in essence, when you need help, just know when to call for help. Right. Would the doctors have specialist helpers or can they say I was a doctor and I was suffering from depression? Can I go to a therapist that I choose or does the hospital supply therapists? So we've got two approaches that we can use. Firstly, at the provincial level, we've sourced the services of service provider currently for the current time. Mm -hmm. It's Metropolitan Health. They provide psychological support to our staff all throughout the province. So it means the first line of defense would be those. But then also even within as a health system, like a Tiger Bay, one of the specialties that we have is obviously psychiatrists and psychologists. So they can also offer some help. Beyond that, some people would prefer maybe their own, a person of their own choice, in which case then you could go private then in private sector, you might get somebody specifically that you want for you as a person. But if it's just generally the help that you need, we've got enough support. Uh, but it won't necessarily be the very specific person you want. Yeah, because but there's then someone there for you. That, definitely that's the main someone. thing if, if you suffer. Exactly. Let's have another piece of music, Doctor. What's our number four? My next piece of music, it's a song called You Are the Salt of the Earth by uh, Minister Mahindere. Salt of the earth, light of the world, meaning when we are in this world, we have a role to play to make other people feel good. So if you look at a salt, the salt is not existing for its own sake. 
is there to give flavor, is there to preserve, but then other people then come and enjoy the benefits of that salt. Other people come and enjoy the benefit of that light. So we are the salt of the earth. They called We Are the Salt of the Earth. This music that we're listening to, Dr. Mokosi, is 
what you would call gospel music, is it? Is that right? Exactly. It's gospel music or good news. My guest is Dr. Matotsi Mukozi, the current chief executive officer of Tigerberg Hospital. And I heard you creep in just now that your heart is more in the ministry side and that maybe your next move will be away from hospitals and into the ministry full time. But may I just ask you right at the beginning when you were a young man, did you have any desire to become a minister? Or was it medicine first and foremost? Not actually. First and foremost, I wanted to be a, a radio presenter. No, you joking. <laughs> In those days, yeah, I, <laughs> I actually wanted you. to be. I actually, all along, all the time, <laughs> was saying, I really want to be a radio presenter. And in those days when we started, I mean, where I grew up, there were not even TVs. So all I knew was radio, radio yeah, presenters, yeah. and I liked that. I liked that even until grade 12, which in those days it was standard 10. That's right. And then all of a sudden people said, but you're good in mathematics and science. Maybe you should do something in the line of mathematics and science. The first thing in my mind was maybe I should go into engineering field. Then medicine was like second. It's just that then when for engineering, the university where I applied before they responded. Then the ones where I've applied for medicine, then they responded first. Then I took medicine and then I fell in love with medicine. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so at that point of your career, you never thought of becoming a minister? No, I Med- never thought of becoming a minister. Medicine was the big thing. Me- medicine was the big thing. And like I said, that I even actually came down to uh, Red Cross, surprisingly, Red Cross and Crotheskia in the year 1994. I wanted to specialize in pediatrics with oh, yes. children oh, yes, and yes, all yes, that, yes. like I've said earlier. So, and then after that, then I had to go back to Limpopo, had a private practice. Only 1997, I sensed the call of God upon my life, calling me into the ministry to do the work of the Lord. That's okay. only when this whole thing And you've happened. written, um, you've written two books, haven't yes, you? Uh, correct. Leading the Flock correct. and Key to an Extraordinary Life. So correct. those are both spiritual books, are they? Correct. They are both, I would say, Christian books. Mm-hmm. But the first one, Leading the Flock, it also has got leadership principles because leading the flock, in this case I was giving a context where you are a minister, you are leading the flock of God, but every leader, you actually leading a certain flock. There are people that are looking up to you, yes. people that are entrusting their lives on you and to you. So therefore, there is a lot of responsibility upon the leader. So in that book, I've actually just been exposing also the fact that a lot of corruption and the bad things that we see in the days that we're living in. It's not that there are no leaders, but we are looking for leaders who will lead by example. We are looking for leaders who would be passionate about the people who have placed their hopes on those Absolutely. leaders. Absolutely. So that's yeah. why then that's leading the flock, yeah. even though it's a Christian book, but I think there's a lot of leadership principles there that one can Are learn. there more books to come? I dare say there they are. are. They <laughs> are, definitely, because this second one, Key to Extraordinary Life, so this one is also about more about your faith, my, the faith walk and your belief and how then I like an example of an eagle. If you look at an eagle, even though it's a bird, unlike other birds which easily get tired, <laughs> fly from tree to tree, an eagle would mount up high and then would remain high for soar. quite so high mm. for quite a long time mm. because there's something in that eagle which is not there in all the other birds. 
So in this key to an extraordinary life, it's how through the union that we have with the Lord, with our maker, with the original purpose giver, how you can soar in life. Not that there are no problems, because that bird that's up there, that eagle, it's not that gravity is not pulling it down like any other bird, but it keeps on soaring high. Yes. It means it's It's got got something, there's something in it that makes a difference. Gosh, you must have a very interesting and very busy life. To be the CEO of a place like Tigerberg Hospital must give you long hours in the day, and then you still have to deal with your spiritual side and the people who look to you for help. So you have a busy life, don't you, Doctor? Correct. I really have a busy life, but the one thing that uh, helps me is also investing in people and trusting people. So if I delegate the issue of delegating to people, trusting that people will do the best they can, and you are just there to support them. I think the thing that makes many leaders to fail is because they want to do everything all by themselves. So I once had this thing which says, when you are a leader, don't insist on making all the mistakes yourself. Give others a chance also to, <laughs> to make, make mistakes. <laughs> you see, <laughs> then you can support them. Okay. Yeah. May I say thank you very much for coming in on a busy day, and I know you have a busy time. Thanks for coming in, and all strength to your arm in both these extraordinary fields you're working in. I was talking to Dr. Matotsi Mukosi, who is the current Chief Executive Officer at Tigerberg Hospital. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you very much, Rodney, and thanks to Fine Music Radio for inviting me and giving me this opportunity. It was really a pleasure. Thank you very much. People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. FMR.